Do you want to start a thriving real estate career, but don't know where and how to start? Do you want to become a successful realtor or investor, but lack the required knowledge and skills? Gear yourself up with the best and actionable advice here on The Real Estate Rundown. Tune in as Shannon Robnett talks with industry veterans about all kinds of asset classes, market trends, challenges, management techniques, and success stories. Listen to informative discussions with valuable tips that will serve as the foundation for your incredible real estate venture. Now, here's your host, Shannon Robnett. Hey guys, you're going to want to tune into the Real Estate Rundown because I've got a special guest coming on my show. His name is Jay Massey. Jay Massey and I've gotten to know each other over the last couple of months through Clubhouse. And in fact, unlike a lot of people on the app, we've actually met each other in person. And you're going to want to see what this guy has to say because his story is amazing, number one. Okay. His ability to reach an audience is unreal, right? And what he has to say about how to simply transform your life through using other people's assets, money, and making it something that produces money for you is unreal. You guys are going to want to tune into the Real Estate Rundown and listen to me get the details out of my buddy, Jay Massey. So, stay tuned. Hey, guys. Welcome back to the Real Estate Rundown. I have the wonderful honor of interviewing a good buddy of mine, Jay Massey. Jay, how are you, buddy? I am excited to be here. Glad we could finally make it happen. And most importantly, excited for those of you who are listening. Yeah. So Jay and I met on this funny little app called Clubhouse. And the thing with most people on Clubhouse is they've never actually met each other because it's a vocal app that you talk to each other, you learn information, you get into rooms, all this crazy stuff. But another mutual guy, friend of ours, Alvin Hope Johnson, had this thing called Clubhouse Live. I sat next to Jay Massey and I got two days of some of the most amazing comments about what was going on in the room things that most people don't see. And Jay's got a really, really crazy perspective on why he sees things that nobody else sees. Jay, with that, can you start us with a little bit of your story? Where'd you come from? What are you doing? And what makes you so unique? Okay, well, God makes me unique, but he also gave me what I often now refer to as special abilities. Uh, For those of you who I'm meeting for the first time, I have um, ADHD and I'm autistic. That means for all intents and purposes, when it can be challenging for me to focus on things as well as challenging to switch tasks and a whole bunch of other stuff. But there are certain narrow areas where, man, I can just really go deep. And it is inside the real estate space where that has come alive. It's I I mean, when my wife and I first got started in real estate, we were squatting in bank owned property. Credit score was 398. I was trying to be a financial planner at the time and I was making choices like, do I pay electric bill or do I buy food? That's not the best place to be, nor is it exactly encouraging, but hopefully what encourages you is you're not there or even if you are, there's a way out. And that's what I did not know. I mean, we were selling our personal possessions on eBay as in literally auctioning them. And then when we ran out of our stuff, we started going to other people's garage sales because if I didn't sell something on a weekend, we didn't eat the next week. And it was literally day to day, week to week, while my wife was fighting for her life because when she's pregnant, she can't eat or drink. And I had a punctured lung. I couldn't walk and talk. From there, we learned about wholesaling and wholesaling began the journey. Today, you know, now having completed 
hundreds of wholesale transactions, owned cell phone towers, commercial retail, syndicated apartment buildings from five units all the way up to 180 units in escrow in my first hotel. That's pretty exciting. Also in the process of purchasing another 12 unit building right now. And we've had the privilege of teaching and training individuals how to do short-term rentals in 17 different countries. And honestly, today, Shannon, it's kind of hard to believe that I say all of that, like I was there, you know, but we count our success by the number of seven figure operators we create each year. And that's where I get my joy today. And you guys now understand why I say unique. Superpowers is not the right word, but as you could tell, Jay is definitely doing things on a level that most people can't even fathom, right? I mean, to have come from that place, Jay, to, I mean, how does that feel, honestly, that you came from a 391 credit score and squatting to where you're at today, to where you're putting together these eight-figure deals, nine-figure deals, how does that feel to know that you did it on your own? I mean, you and your wife did it on your own. Well, it feels useful. I mean, I think a lot of us want to feel significant, want to know that we make, we matter, we make a difference. And I get the privilege of knowing that every day we make and continue to make and strive to make even bigger differences in the lives of everyday moms, dads, brothers, cousins, because I've just come to a conviction that a lot of parents, especially we tell our kids, Hey, go be whatever you want. And I never want it to be that parent that who, whose kids could point at him and go, you know what? But Dad, you say that, but you didn't try. And I wanted to create an opportunity for others because I believe very strongly a goal once obtained becomes a responsibility. Wow. That's so, awesome. yeah. And that's all we've been trying to do is live up to the responsibility. You know, the funny thing too, Jay, I want to take you back. You and I were in a clubhouse room and there was a gentleman that came up to the stage that was talking about the vision that he had to combine affordable housing and education for people to get out of the situation where they needed affordable housing and to create a life-changing experience that wasn't just affordable housing. It was a couple of things. And I know this, you might not remember this, Jay, because I know you do this often. You do this very often. But this gentleman was talking about where he lived and he lived in this place called Atlanta, uh, which is where Clubhouse Live is going to be. And I was telling the guy, hey, listen, you got to be to Clubhouse Live. And he said, well, you know, that's not really a possibility because I can't really do that. And Jonathan Bing and I said, well, you know what? We're going to sponsor, we're going to pay for you to Clubhouse Live. What did you interrupt us very rudely and say right after Jonathan and I paid for his ticket? What'd you say? Well, he was mentioning what was important to him was that his daughter, he didn't, yeah. I had to make sure that his daughter got to learn too, because that's important to me. It's definitely important to me as a father of daughters and Having had this last year to spend a lot of time with my 13-year-old, for sure, and just watching her gain business concepts, I don't even know how much money she's made, but she's made more than some adults, I'm certain of it, during this pandemic. And just watching how she has heard and listened. It's not like she was necessarily in the class, per se, but she's heard and listened to the things that I've been listening to. She's been overhearing and applying the lessons in her life now as a 13-year-old and I just saw an opportunity for another dad to be that example for his daughter. And I'm like, well, it just didn't seem right to not have her there. So she gets to go too. It's fun. That's what I mean, guys. That's why this guy is unique. Who steps up? I mean, all of us can see that a dad might need some help, right? But this guy sees, Jay sees beyond that. 
He sees that there's a generational thing here that the dad wants to change people's lives through generational stuff, but the daughter needs her life changed too. And this is the thing, Jay, that I see you do. I mean, this is not an isolated incident. I know of several other incidents that I was personally witness to that were just like this that you've done. So for you to say the statement about what you've learned and that becomes a responsibility, I watch you walk it out daily. I watch you, I listen to you more than watch you. I listen to you talk to other people about what you're doing and how they can do it too. And then when they say that they can't, you show them how they not only can, but they can teach their children how to do that exact same thing. And that's just the amazing thing about you. So now that we've established that you're unique and amazing with a response. <laughs> Thank you. Sorry. That's funny. That was good though. I like it. About where you went after you got done with wholesaling with your short-term rental business and the arbitrage and everything that you do with that. How did you get started in that world? So the short-term rental world was really not in my sphere until I started looking at hospitality. And I was participating in an international hotel development project or, and even though I did not finish or complete with them, the the idea was planted, that seed was planted. And it was shortly right after that, one of my students came to me and just asked me because they had asked me to help them raise some capital, which they did. It was about $300,000, I believe at the time. And then they decided to deploy the capital in the short-term rental space. Now, mind you, they didn't tell me this. They just did it because I had told them to do something completely different. And then they wanted to catch up and meet and see the results. And I was, by this point, I was already thinking, oh God, here we go again. Another situation in which somebody didn't do what I said and it's not going to turn out right. (laughs) But they showed me the Excel sheets and I could put it next to their student housing business and I'm looking at the short-term rentals. And long story short, Shannon, I'm a very data numbers driven kind of person. And when I saw that, I was like, okay, you're saying this happens every month. I mean, the numbers were massive and I'm in Southern California. So short-term rentals is great, like everywhere. And when you're comparing it against an existing portfolio of UCLA uh, uh, student housing, you got to really make some awesome numbers to make this make sense. And I'm looking at this going, oh my goodness. And especially on a risk adjusted basis, you're just like, okay, this is it. This is what I was looking for because as a long-term landlord, you often make decisions between deferred maintenance and cash flow. And I didn't like that. I wanted to have the best property and I would like to make some money too. So building wealth, yeah, holding real estate long-term, awesome. However, it's horrible for income, but yet short-term rental solves that problem and allows you to do both at the same time. Okay. So how does it solve that problem? I mean, especially when you're not the owner? Well, exactly. That's the thing. So the best part is what you get is you get to build a stack of income first. And that's what I tell people today is like, look, the best way to buy a bunch of real estate long-term is to build a cash flow, a stream of cash flow that comes in monthly, right? That is equal to or greater than your current annual income. So to be clear, what I am saying is if you earn a hundred grand a year today, What I want you to do is go build a hundred grand of monthly income using short-term rentals, then go buy. And when you do that, you're in a much stronger position at every negotiating table all the time. Plus the stress under due diligence goes down because you know, even if you make a mistake, you'll be right back at the closing table next month. And those things are things that are necessary when we're in an environment 
where it's inflationary and we've got to deal with not the best fiscal policy <laughs> on the planet. And we've got to contend with having our currency become something that at least by something of true intrinsic value on a daily basis so that one day you're not finding yourself caught with a whole bunch of cash that's actually worthless. And you know that's the funny thing that a lot of people don't understand is they try to own a very large asset that they're hoping it will appreciate. So they buy a million dollar asset and they hope it goes up 10% a year. So they make $100,000 a year that they cannot eat, that they cannot get access to, that if anything happens, they're still tied to the ball and chain of that mortgage. And what you're suggesting is you can rent that million dollar asset, turn around and re-rent that million dollar asset. I mean, to me, this is like the Uber model where they rent your car and have you go pick up everybody else while they make the majority of the money. And if you look at their valuations, they're not hurting. Same with Airbnb, same with Instacart, same with so many things. And I just want everyday average Americans and, and well, people everywhere, we work in 17 different countries to understand that this is your way in. Real estate can feel exclusionary. However, you can get a lease. It doesn't take long to get a lease. And once you've got it, it's all about finding the next customer, which there are 65 different use cases for short-term rentals, 65. And so for those who are thinking, well, I don't live in a vacation spot or what Airbnb doesn't work here, blah, 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 blah. I must say this. We have it working everywhere. Now, there are four cities that are really, really tough. There's Chicago, Amsterdam, Berlin, and Barcelona. If you're not in one of those places, you're good. There's a way to make it work. I know this factually, and it's also your way in because it creates so much revenue in a short period of time. We have had people during the pandemic hit seven figures. Now, mind you, everybody else is talking about travel is down and airplanes this, which is true. The initial shock wasn't pretty, and we still found a way to create seven-figure operators through that, which only means as the world finds its new equilibrium, they're going to make even more money. Well, and you know, the thing is too, Jay, we've had platforms like VRBO around for a long time, right? But it's like Airbnb to make it a little bit more mainstream. And then it became something that's now become acceptable, like Uber's become acceptable. But you take it to the next level where you're not even owning the real estate, you're just creating the cash flow. You have a business that's built on cash flow that has not a long lens that if things go badly for you, you can get out because you're just in a lease, right? And yes. all is you're leasing an apartment, you're outfitting the apartment with beds and tables and chairs and candles and all those kinds of things, right? No candles. Because oh. that, that's really bad. I got stories, okay? You don't even use the electric candles because those still come back melted because people, anyway, no, no candles. <laughs> oh, God. Right. Everybody hears the story about the guy that trashed their Airbnb that rented their house to have the rage and party because he didn't want to do it at his house. How have you guys engineered the idiot out of Airbnb? How have you done that? So screening, safety, security, those are the three things. So having when you own a large apartment complex or any piece of real estate, as I have, and I've done so, I did so remotely. Right. So Uh, Living in California, but the majority of our apartment assets were in uh, Tennessee. Single family was in Illinois. Commercial was in Colorado. 
So what that means is getting good at systems that work in a remote fashion was something that I was gifted through building the portfolio. And what that also means is that screening safety and security is top of my mind. I grew up overseas in, uh, in a foreign country, which again, as a military kid, safety, screen, these are all lessons that you just, you can, you don't take, you don't even take out the trash without bringing your like passport or something. Cause just in case you never know. So that thought process has never left me. That thought process was one of the first things I applied to every step of the process with the short-term rental. And that's the biggest difference. While technology, yes, it lowered the bar. It made it really easy for anyone to offer space and for anyone looking for space to find each other. What it didn't do was educate those offering space how to screen and be safe and secure. And that's what we brought to the table. So we literally uh, started product testing. Every home automation device that you have seen has been through my hands. Okay. Because we wanted to make sure that A worked with B, worked with C to achieve uh, complete control over the property so that we know how many people are there, how many cell phones are there, what websites they've gone to, how long they've been there, the level of noise that they're making, how many times they open the window, how many times they open the door. You may not think about this, but there's a pattern to what every human does when they first arrive somewhere on vacation or just going somewhere. And there's a pattern to how frequently you open the door and or window. And if we, we can detect deviance from that pattern, and then we start paying attention, just wondering, hey, what's going on? But that's part of keeping a place safe and secure and protecting the quiet enjoyment that landlords need to provide. And most people, because everything I'm talking about, you don't necessarily get to charge more uh, for those things. So it's kind of like, you know, fixing the plumbing in a house before you, <laughs> before you sell it. It's like, yeah, no one's going to pay you more because you, you know, the plumbing works. But it's one of those things that's an additional investment and most people don't want to make it. And I refuse to operate without it because that's just a standard operating procedure. Every, I cannot stand the idea of a single female traveler arriving to one of our properties at night, being afraid and or scared and not having, not us having a way to resolve that issue or making sure that carbon monoxide, it's a thing, but not saying, oh, well, there's this fire alarm that sits there. That's wonderful, but it's stupid. It needs to call <laughs> emergency services, even if, and especially when your staff doesn't respond timely, you can't respond timely, whatever. And so we've got so many fail safes, so many screening procedures that we just know how to keep the wrong element out. And with today's internet and social media, anyone we don't want there, you've already told us because it's on your Facebook profile. And that makes it really simple for us with using technology to make sure that you don't, you don't even see in some cases on some platforms, if you don't meet our qualifications, you don't even get offered the chance to make a reservation. Now you've got me really intrigued. How do you use that social media to keep, I'm a 25 year old kid and I want how do you know to keep me from seeing your reservation if you don't know I'm looking until I'm looking? I don't know you're looking until you're looking, but Google, Facebook, and the, every internet device you have ever touched know that you're looking. 
And there are certain parameters that you have to meet, meaning they can tell by what you click on, how fast you click, how far you scroll, if you scroll the sites you've been to previously. They can come to a reasonable approximation, not only of your location, but your identity, your gender identity, as well as age. And age is an easy one to screen out because if you in if it detects, if the machine detects that you are below that certain age, yeah, none of our properties would even show up for you. Oh, where your system has been built through trial and error over the years, and you've figured all this out. How are some of the ways that you're now teaching this to other people so that they're not having to go through all these speed bumps and get drug along by the, by the train? <laughs> yeah, we tried. Here's what we tried. We tried just creating a course and here you go. That worked for some, but it didn't work as well as I like it. Then we tried, okay, well, let's just do it in little groups, you know, 10 and 15 people at a time, do it for a short period of time and kind of go from there. That worked for a while and it worked for some, but not most. What we have ultimately evolved to is we have a 12 month program where we are up and all in your face. And when I say that, I mean, it is taught live. You do have pre-recorded content as part of your, you know, course material, but uh, they get interaction with every part of the system. Over the course of a week, we literally we have eight live sessions every week from role plays to I'm there. We've got bookkeeping covered, cash management. That was one of the biggest discouraging pieces is we had a lot of people who started earning a significant amount of money, but they didn't know what to do with it and ended up in situations to where they still didn't have money for rent. And I'm like, I don't understand. You just made a hundred grand this month and you're telling me you don't have money for rent. What did you do? There were just so many things I had to learn about how to help a person make the transition from employee to business owner. And so we've reverse engineered all the things we tripped over and we've got personal development classes because that's necessary. The bookkeeping, like I said, the role plays, teaching them how to get the landlord to say yes, which means we teach negotiation, sales, et cetera. And then We added a a human as an accountability coach on top of all of that. And the accountability coach, they run their own short-term rental business too. (laughs) So it's like you got more help than you could possibly imagine. And now it has accelerated the rate, uh, the percentage of success that we're seeing and the rate at which people are doing. In fact, we just broke one of our records. It's 104 days now is the fastest someone has come in, tore it up, and then was able to quit a very, very high paying job. So how is it, Jay, that, I mean, you, so you're really taking people from zero to yeah. out of their job in 100 days, 104, technically speaking. I get it. I get it. Don't forget that four days. Yes. We need those four days. It's going to be the 99 day person. There's going to be that, you know, that's the four minute mile, right? And once you break triple digits, right? Like the heat around here these days. But, you know, the funny thing is, Jay, you, and this is what I also know about you. You're not okay with just a course and a $99 price tag and partial success and a three and a half star Google rating. I mean, so you've re-engineered that. And then you said, okay, well, let's tinker with it a little bit. Let's make it a live course and let's make it a more expensive thing. And that will get us more serious people and we'll get better results. And that didn't necessarily work that well either. So now you've combined the two and added a third and a fourth element. So if you fail at this, it is entirely 1000% because you didn't show up to do it. 
Yeah, I'm still looking for like what's missing, you know, but it at some point it is a little ridiculous because there's no reason to fail other than to intentionally not show up because and I know some of you, you're like, but I tried and the landlord said, no, cool. You spoke to one landlord out of tens of thousands in your area. And I know all the areas where some of you are possibly going, well, you don't know my area. I promise you I do. We probably have people already there who are already doing it. And more importantly, what's funny to me, ironic even, is that we have, because this has happened more than once, where we have two completely different individuals who are in the same geographic area, in the same city. One person's like, oh my God, opportunities everywhere. This is great. The other person's like, I can't get nobody. Nobody here does this. Nobody here does this. It doesn't work here. And they're like in the same city, sometimes during the same training session. It is like, hmm, interesting. This person in your city says they got a lot of opportunity and you're in the same city. What am I missing? What don't I know? Because you guys have access to the same information and it does come down to the individual. You know, here's what you need. You need a disc assessment on the intake of your students. That's the only thing I can see missing. Right? So funny. That's exactly what I was. Okay. I hired a coach to help us improve the company. And yes, we are. We, yes. I forgot the name of the test that he was. Did. Yes. Yeah. That we're actually adding that now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you know, you just need to tell them, you need to have them take the disc assessment and there's only certain of your products that are available for them to purchase <laughs> based on your personality, right? This is AI mixed with Jay Massey genius at its best. You won't see what's not good for you. That's man. If we could do that at the store, we'd have a bunch of skinny people too. Uh, like well, true. not see anything at the store because of, uh, you know, I got my COVID 20 on. So Jay, I mean, you've got your hands in a lot of things. Okay. We've talked about short-term rentals. We talked about hotels. We talked about international. We talked about coaching. Bring all this home for me. How does a guy like you who struggles with paying attention to one thing manage all of these things? I mean, is that what it is? You run around and beat on this drum for 30 seconds and then go beat on that one. I mean, what is it that makes all of this work in your world? That's ironic. And I love the way you said it. So it is because I am present to my limitations. I learned to hire other people who are good at pieces. So systemic thinking comes to me and I go, cool, I just need one person to do this thing and another person to do this thing. And then I need another person to oversee these two people who are doing the other thing. And I just repeat that process over and over again, because in the part I like about it is that it creates opportunity, creates jobs for other people. And it requires me to think bigger and solve bigger problems. Because if you choose to solve small problems, you won't have all the revenue you need for all the other people who can help you. So by going to a larger place, I can focus on less things because somebody else's responsibility are the things that I am not, that is not in my zone of genius. And I mean, you build stuff, you get this because, you know, some people are, you are really a roofer. Don't ever try to hire that person as a plumber because it just won't work. But and somebody's got to organize all that. And that's what an entrepreneur does. We organize other people's resources and put them to productive capacity. You know, and it's so what I hear you saying is that small thinking leaves you too broke 
to hire the people that can take you to the next level. Is that why people like Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk and you know Stephen Jobs and those guys uh, you know have created such massive networks because their minds aren't limited to the four walls around them? I mean, Correct. What, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Behind that, that just. I mean, look, I can do this task. Why am I not just happy doing this task? Why do I want to think about instead of building a house, building a 180 unit apartment complex, instead of doing one short-term rental, why do I want to do 80 short-term rentals? What is it? I mean, you're doing the one action. Now you're doing it 80 times. What is it that makes that so doable when you systematize? What's the sauce in there? What's the magic? I think it's ultimately, it's knowing that it can be done and having a big enough belief that you can be the catalyst, the cause agent, the change agent. You are the spark. You don't need to be all of the pieces, but you do need to be the spark. And if that appeals to you, then it's about inspiring others to participate in the vision of actually making a difference, which I believe fundamentally everyone wants. I can't think of any person who wants to be less than impactful. Nobody wakes up and says, you know what, today, Shannon, I'm going to aim for the bottom. Everybody wants to be their best. They want an opportunity to struggle and try to become more. And they want to do so in an environment that helps them become a better version of themselves at the same time. And people stay where they grow. You know, that's really what it comes down to is I like learning things and executing. I like seeing new things coming to being. It's fun. I never want to be that person who says I got 20 years experience. But what I really mean is I've done the same thing for 20 years. So I've repeated one year, 20 times, which definitely not true for me. And it's way more exciting. We live every day. You die once. But I would like to disagree with you for just a minute, Jay. I have met people that have got up in the morning and aimed for the bottom. <laughs> they may have hit the bottom, but it wasn't their goal. I don't know. I don't think it was their goal. I think they hit it, though. I, I Yeah, I've definitely hit the bottom. But I don't know that I was trying to. It's not like I mapped out a plan. OK, if I do this and don't do this and don't do this, I'll be at the bottom. And yes, I've made it. In less than 104 days, you too. But, you know, Jay, now that you're where you're at and you're thinking on a global scale, right? You're not thinking about your neighborhood. You're not thinking about California. You're not thinking about the U.S. You're not thinking about short-term rentals exclusively. You're not thinking about hotels exclusively. When you're thinking at that level, what isn't possible? Right. And that's really what it comes down to is what isn't possible. Everything becomes possible once the leader casts the vision. And the only thing that isn't possible is something I hadn't considered or thought of, I guess, you know, and that which is why I love Clubhouse, because I get to hear things that I've never considered and then assimilate those into ideas that I've already had to make something even better than when I first started. It is like so exciting (laughs) to say the least. That's exactly what we started this interview with that, that got cut off is we started talking about a product that we are doing independent of each other that we both heard about and figured out on Clubhouse in the last six months that we're sitting there going, hey, we're sitting here doing the dual pitch. Hey, Shannon. Hey, Jay, you really got to hear what I'm doing. No, Jay, you got to hear what I'm doing. And we're doing the same thing. Now we're deciding we're probably going to wind up joining forces, right? But this is all stuff that was new to me in January, right? I didn't even know the people that knew the information. I didn't even know that Clubhouse, I got on the Clubhouse, I think the 1st of January, right? 
but I didn't even know the people that had this information, let alone get to the place where we're building out this platform. And that's the beauty of having the expanded mind, right? Having the, I mean, I go into Clubhouse, not sitting there going, what can I tell people today? I go into Clubhouse going, what can I learn today? Right? I come into my job going, what can I learn today? Because I look at it a lot like you, where my expanded mind scares the hell out of me because there's not a lot of fear because we're getting things done because we know what our limitations are. We know that there are other people that can handle those, right? But like you, Jay, I'm sitting there going, that's entirely possible. In fact, if you did these three things that the last guy failed at, you'll probably get there. But then this guy over here has got some really good I mean, how do people get there? How do you go from a 391 credit score, being a squatter, finding out you're autistic to being this guy that's got the expanded mind that has no limitations? So first of all, it was 398. I earned those seven points. 391, different number. (laughs) Okay. Really important. Second. One, you get a whole different interest rate than a 398. Right. Exactly. Oh, here was the lesson. The biggest lesson was for me that the marketplace does not care about your situation. It cares about your solution. The marketplace never cared when I was wholesaling that I was squatting in bank on property. What people cared about was, can I buy that property for their reasons? They weren't concerned that I needed to earn the wholesaling fee to eat. They didn't care about that. They cared. Is this a property that works for my purposes? When I discovered that, I was kind of set free because it wasn't about me anymore. It was also never about me. It was about the value I could bring to the marketplace, AKA the value I could bring to an hour. And then it was through wholesaling where I began to get very painful lessons about taxes. (laughs) And then I'm like, how do we solve that problem? And the solution became keeping them. And then I just started grasping the fact that the entrepreneur is the one who creates the jobs for the employee, hires the self-employed person, and uses the capital of the investor and puts them all to productive capacity. It was step by step and bit by bit because here's the biggest gift that I was given. I got to start real estate and I had no other resources. Most people think and believe it's a strong advantage to have credit, to have cash, to have all the things. Well, that's cool. That takes care of you. I was forced in order to take care of myself. I had to learn to take care of hundreds and thousands of other people. And that lesson is never left. I can see the billboard now. I have a 740 credit score. You can buy a house. There's Jay Massey. Hold my beer. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Yes, that's what it's like because all of the skill sets necessary are what we're talking about. It's a skill set game. And that's what I learned. It's not about how many assets I have that, uh, you know, it's not about, in fact, the deal I'm doing right now. I was actually, okay, I was going to use a bank loan for the first time. Okay. I admitted it. I'm using a bank loan. It's only 500 plus transactions in 13 years later, I am finally learning to use a bank. (laughs) Okay. And What was funny is that I was putting together the down payment and all of these things. And as I was doing so, (laughs) would you know that I came up with a way to buy the property using none of my own money? So I'm like, I'll do that. Because that's what you learned from all of these things that you can be the resourceful person that regardless of the situation, you can get it done regardless, right? So 
Jay, I hope my listeners have gotten as much out of this as I have. And as I always do when talking with you, I've just taken away so much, your tenacity, your integrity, your drive, the simplicity with which you think in a very complicated way. I'll let you unwrap that later. But the reality is what you're saying is rudimentary. What you're saying is not, you're not giving us calculus here. It's very simple things, but you're, you've put it together to a level that most people never see because most people have never allowed themselves to believe. They're too busy sitting in traffic, going to a job that they don't like or a person who they wish they were. Yeah. And those are all very true statements. And if you find yourself and you're that person, you need to reach out to Jay. You need to get in his program. You need to be the 99 day person, right? Jay, how can people find you? How, where are you in the stratosphere of the internet, of everywhere else? Where can people find you and get with you and figure out what's going on so that they can become part of your ecosystem and learn from that massive bank of knowledge you've got? So uh, the club on Clubhouse is the Cashflow Diary Cartel. If you do at Cashflow Diary on any social media, you'll find us. And ultimately, what it comes down to is whether you're watching us on YouTube, listening to the podcast, it doesn't matter. You need to be prepared to become a bigger, better version of yourself. The version of you that is here today, that is listening today, cannot, will not be the same version that achieves whatever the goal is. You know, I did not. I mean, think about it. Just a few short months ago, if you had asked me, hey, could you buy a $7 million apartment building using none of your own money? I would have said yes. And I also would have said, however, I'm looking to learn to use new skills like, you know, going for a bank, which I intended to do. And yet today, (laughs) I can't help myself. I find a way to still buy very large dollar amount properties and use none of my own money. This is the thing is that the skill sets never leave you. It's because I've changed. It's because I've grown. and, And it's partly because I've met new people like you and Alvin Hope Johnson. And for those that are coming to Clubhouse Live 2.0, we're doing something I haven't done in probably eight years. We're going to be hosting a 300 plus person cash flow board game. This is what a lot of people know me for. This is how I got involved with the Kiyosakis, et cetera. But look up the tickets, come on down, be there, because I want you to understand how a simple board game a simple board game is what led to the transformation that you've heard about today. Yeah. You know, and I, and I had the opportunity to spend some time with both uh, the Kiyosaki's, Kim and uh, Robert. They're just so gracious that they are so impactful with, again, such a simple concept, right? This is something that a lot of us have known for a long time. It's just the way that they teach it. It's impactful. So guys, that is the cash flow cartel. You can find Jay there. You can, you've got, uh, you can catch him on his podcast. All of his links are going to be tied to this. Guys, thanks again for tuning in to the Real Estate Rundown. If you want to follow us, uh, you can find us on Spotify, Potify, all the different places that you look for stuff. We're there. Subscribe, join us on YouTube. And as always, Jay, thank you so much for being our guest, buddy. You have brought some amazing knowledge and I really appreciate it. Thanks for taking the time to just even create the content and giving me the opportunity to meet a few new people. I appreciate it. Thank you. We'll talk to you again soon, guys, here at the Real Estate Rundown. That's a wrap for today's episode of the Real Estate Rundown. 
Let these newfound strategies pave the way to start a successful career or a profound rebranding. If you loved everything you have heard, listen to more conversations at www.shannonrobnet.com. And be sure to leave a rating, share it with your friends, and subscribe. Until the next episode.